0: Welcome to the Viva Church Young Adults Podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we wanna thank you so much for tuning in today. Now, whether you're already part of YA or maybe you're a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. It's so good to be here tonight with you guys. And I just firmly believe that we're just at the very beginning of everything that God wants to do here at Viva, in Viva Young Adults, in Ottawa, in Trenton, in Coburg. And what I feel in my spirit is that something is about to explode. That God is just saying, wait for it. There is more. There is more. And tonight, I just want to start out by reading Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says this But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray before we get started tonight. Jesus, we just welcome your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are active, that you are moving in this place, that you are so ready to do something completely new in our lives. God, we welcome that. We want something new to happen here. God, we pray that your power would be put on display tonight, God. Lord, that we wouldn't leave, Lord, the same way that we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And, you know, this past winter, I got the opportunity to go to Brazil and participate in a camp called Dunamis. It's like a two-week camp. And um, just Dunamis literally means power. Um, And it was like two weeks of straight fire power. Like, it was crazy. I had, like, insane experiences with God. Like, it was awesome. Like, worship moments that, like, the presence of God would be so strong in the room that your only response was just to, like, get on your hands and knees with your, like, forehead just glued to the ground because God was just so heavy in that place. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced God's presence in a tangible way like that, but I pray that all of you do because it's unreal. I saw people almost every night getting healed. I saw people, like, um, like getting the gift of, like, tongues and speaking in other languages, like, in that moment. Like, it was it was crazy. It was insane. It was wild. God's power was so strong in that place, and it, it brings up your faith, right? When you're a part of a camp, when you're a part of, like, a cool experience where God is just there, he's moving. Like, it's insane. It's the best. I hope you all have a great experience like that. But experiences are great, and it's easy to be a part of an experience, right? It's just easy to show up, right? But um, what's that expression? The what hits the road, the, yeah, sorry, the rubber hits the road, when you have to, like, go back to your reality, right, like, you have to go, and, like, what are you going to do with everything that you've experienced, what are you going to do with that, Um, I went to, like, Sky Zone a couple weeks ago, (laughs) I'm, like, 24, it's fine, but um, (laughs) I went to Sky Zone, and um, you're, like, jumping on those trampolines, right, And it's crazy. It's like it's so fun. I love just being a kid. But you're jumping on the trampolines and like it's fun. Like the music is going. It's a good time. And then what happens like when you start like going on normal ground again? It's like weird to walk, right? It's like you lose that momentum. And that's what it's like when you go to like a really like powerful or, like, event that's, like, full of, like, God and, like, great stuff. Like, you're, like, soaring. You're flying. But then you, like, lose that momentum. And it's, like, whoa, hang on. Like, what am I going to do with all this, right? But God gives us power so that we can be witnesses. So, um, like, after I left the camp, I, I was still in Brazil for, like, a couple more weeks. And I went to visit friends and whatnot. And um, I was honestly, like, just, like, a little bit down just because I was, like, Man, like, I got to be a part of, like, so many amazing things. And you kind of feel guilty about being down because, like, you had a great time. You know what I mean? But I was like, man, like, that was so awesome. But I started questioning, like, is my life powerful? Like, um, how am I bringing the power of God, like, into my daily life? Like, what am I doing with everything that I'm receiving? Like, how am I how am I giving? So I went into this Uber. Um <laughs> I was taking an Uber and I was like, you know, when you're like feeling out whether you should like be talking or not, like it just really, (laughs) it really just like depends on the vibe. And like, sometimes it's like rude, like not to talk. And sometimes it's like really like you're not feeling it out if you do talk. So you have to get in and kind of like feel it out. But I had gotten in and I was pretty distracted, to be honest. Um, I was just, like, I think I was answering messages on my phone or, like, on Instagram or something. And um, I, usually, I usually am a talker, to be honest. When I get in the Uber, I'm, like, asking them how they are, like, all this stuff. And it's Brazil, right? It's, like, a different culture, so everybody's talking with everyone, too. And um, so I get in there, and I'm, like, being more quiet this time. And it's, like, a 30-minute car ride, so I have some time, you know, and so I was answering the messages, and then I just, like, felt God convict me, like, so strongly. Like, I just felt him be like, um, like, don't you think I might have something to say to this person? And I was like, Well, <laughs> like, okay, do you? <laughs> and then um, he's like, yeah, I do. So he um, sometimes... Like, God uses me in, like, words of knowledge. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, but they're so cool. Read about them in the Bible, get books, but that's what God tends to use me um, a lot in. And so he starts, like, like sh- telling me about this person's life. Like, that's what the word of knowledge is, is you knowing something that you shouldn't know, right? So he starts telling me about this person's life, and, like, um, it, was a, it was a girl— and, she, and he tells me, like, this person is so creative. They have, like, dreams in business, and I'm going to provide for them. Like, I get those three things. And I'm, like, looking at, like, my phone. And you know how you can, like, check your destination and see how long it's going to take to get there? I'm like, okay, if this goes really bad, I still have, like, 25 minutes in the car. <laughs> so I'm, like, trying to, like, weigh out the pros and cons. So I'm, like, I'm not just going to go outright and say it, but I'll ask them if they have dreams in business. <laughs> so I'm, like. I know you're an Uber driver, but have you ever thought about opening a business? (laughs) And she's like, what? I'm like, okay, never mind. (laughs) No, and then I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll just be bold and I'll just go for it. So I'm like, hey, like, I'm, um," I started explaining my faith. I'm like, I'm a Christian, you know, and sometimes I'm trying to, like, not make it weird because you never want to make it weird. So I'm like, hey, like, I'm a Christian and, you know, sometimes God speaks to me. Can I just share what, um, he spoke to me and she's like, yeah, sure. So I started telling her exactly what I told you. I'm like, I, I just hear from God that you're someone super creative that, um, you've had, you have dreams in business and that, um, and that God's going to provide for you and whatever like you want to do. She's like, wow. And she starts explaining to me like her business ideas and everything and how she had like, um, started a business and then moved cities and like, just, she had never got it back going again, and she started explaining all this, then one thing leads to another, and she, like, I, I literally, that's the only thing I said, I promise, this lady talks for, like, 25 minutes, the whole rest of the car ride, and I'm, like, thank God, she talks for 25 minutes, and she's just, like, talking about, um, like, how she's been hurt by the church, and, like, it just, like, leads into that sort of conversation, and I was just, like, able to encourage her and like, I mean, we've, who here, maybe, I don't know if it's a good idea, but I think (laughs) (laughs) like every one of us have been in some way like hurt by the church, right? Because the church isn't perfect. People aren't perfect. And so we were just kind of having a conversation about that, but it ended up in a way of just like, man, you got to get back to church because it's about Jesus. You know what I mean? You got to get back to the things of God. We were just like talking and I was able to encourage her. But God started speaking to me so much through this because he was like, man, how many moments have you missed because you've been too distracted to be interrupted? How many moments have you missed because you've been too distracted by the things of this world, by like texting people or like by social media, by doing like all of these different things to like what I actually have something to say, like if you actually just leaned in a little bit and I didn't actually have to like, you know, nudge you if you were just like, God, is there anything like you want me to say? Like, just being open like that. Like, how many things have I missed? Because I just haven't been like in the moment. I missed the moment, you know? So this message kind of like comes from this place because honestly, it was like something that God like spoke to me, right? And there is more for our lives. There's so much more that, man, this thing keeps dying on me. Sorry. There's so much more that God wants to do in and through us, but we have to be careful that we don't miss it, because, like, moments are more simple than we think they are. You know? So um, tonight, the, the title for this message is "There is more." And I want to give you three points about seeing and unlocking God's power in your life. So what is God's power? It's the Holy Spirit working in and through us, right? Just like we read in Acts 1.8. So the same spirit that lives in Jesus and raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Like, take that in. That's so awesome. Like, the things that Jesus did here on earth, like he said, you're going to do even greater things. Like, that is so cool. So tonight, we're going to be studying the life of Jesus because um, Jesus... Like he, like the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that was in him is in us, and he actually teaches us how to live a spirit-filled life, right? So we're just going to look at his life to learn how to do it best. So I want us to open tonight in Mark uh, 5, if you have your Bibles or your phones, Mark chapter 5. And I'm just going to give you some context to that. So this was a moment in time where Jesus was in transit. He was going from one place to the next, and uh, he was, a father came up to him and just started begging him. He's like, hey, like, my daughter is dying. I need you to come to my house, and I need you to just lay your hands on her so that she can be healed. So Jesus um, is listening to all this, and as all this is happening, there's like a huge crowd around him in this moment, like there's always a crowd following Jesus, Um, his disciples are there, like there's a lot of commotion happening, and then basically Jesus is interrupted by um, like a woman who had an issue of blood, and what that basically was, was like a never-ending period, which would suck, a never-ended period that lasted 12 years so far, so I want us just to like stop just for a second, to just pause and actually take in what her life must have looked like, right? So in the physical, um, us girls can, like, get it a little bit more. So she had a period that never, ever stopped for 12 years straight. So you can only imagine, like, how much, like, pain she was in, how weak she was. Like, the physical toll that it had on her body was crazy, right? Like, she she was weak, she was full of pain, and also the inconvenience. Guys, like, especially in that time, like, in history where they didn't have the hygiene products that we have today, like, what an inconvenience that was to be that that woman, right? So that was, like, her daily life, and in the emotional sense, she was actually a social outcast. Um, She was completely rejected by society and her peers because she was, she would be considered unclean in that day. So, like, If you read um, back in the Old Testament in Leviticus 15, you can, like, see, um, like, all of the rules and regulations, but they were still living by all that. So what would happen is, like, if anybody came into contact with her, if she touched anybody or anything, like, basically, well, she had to be self-isolated. But then if she came into contact with anyone and anything, the person would also, or the thing, like, would be considered unclean. So they would have to be in isolation as well. So this woman was, like, the walking, like, coronavirus. Like, she was, like, <laughs> she was, like, like, contaminated, unclean. And uh, I don't want to ask how many people here have actually had COVID. <laughs> but if you're comfortable with it, yeah, I got the, what is it called, Omicron? <laughs> and it sucked. I got it while I was at this camp, actually, in Brazil. <laughs> I had to self-isolate for, like, eight days. But on the day that I tested positive, um, (laughs) just, like, thinking back to all those memories right now. But on the day that I tested positive, um, I had to, like, basically, like, move houses and stuff. So I had to go from, like, one place to another and, like, get my, um, like, suitcase, get all my stuff and move into, like, the COVID house. <laughs> Cause like, it was like literally an outbreak. <laughs> like so many people caught COVID. It was great though. We had, we had a fun time, <laughs> but, um, so we were like, we had to like walk and get our suitcases. And as we were like walking down the road, like people that were beside us, like would walk to the way other side of the road. <laughs> and it's like, I felt like I was either this woman or like the, the people in the Bible that had leprosy, you know what I mean? Like, it was awful. But I can kind of, like, take in a little bit how this woman must have felt, like, completely rejected, you know? It must have been so hard. Her, like, emotional state must have just been broken. So she got super desperate, and um, she went to Jesus because she desperately needed healing for her life, not only in her physical body but in her emotions as well. So let's pick up here in Mark 5, 27 to 32. Um, says this. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. So my first point tonight is if you want to see God's power, notice and accept interruptions. If you want to see God's power, notice and accept interruptions. So the reality is, right, that this woman, if this woman had touched anyone, literally anyone else, she would have either gone, like, unnoticed or she would have been completely criticized and rejected, right? Like, it would be awful if she came into contact with anyone else. But when she came into contact with Jesus, and notice here that she didn't even touch, like, Jesus himself. Like, if you study about it, he touched, like, she touched, like, the hem of his garment, like, the smallest piece of him. But he noticed. And not only that, he accepted her. And he actually, like, drew attention to it. So it's not like it just, like, happened and, like, he continued with his day. But so I want you to see here that her physical body was healed in that moment, right? But she still needed healing in her emotions. Like, she needed that restoration with her community. Um, So Jesus felt that power had gone out from him. Um, So he drew attention to this woman because he wanted to give an opportunity for God to be glorified, for the power to be put on display for the world. Um, But have you ever noticed that the majority of Jesus' ministry actually happens in interruptions? Like, Jesus is just walking or, like, traveling to one place, from one place to another. Like, he's in a boat. He's trying to sleep. He gets interrupted, right? Like, they wake him up. Um, He has to calm the storm. He is preaching to, like, a crowd of, like, 5,000 people, well, men, and there must have been, like, so many more women and children, right? Um, The people are hungry. Interruption. He's like, let's feed them. Boom. Biggest miracle ever, right? Um, He's just trying to walk to actually, like, heal some other girl that's actually dying, and he gets interrupted by this woman. And a big miracle happens. In the most simple of moments, right? These moments can just go unnoticed if we don't learn how to recognize the power that can actually happen within them. Um, but if you look at the disciples, and the disciples are so funny because like they're like just trying to keep up at all times. You know what I mean? Like we have we have to remember that we have the full Bible now right? Like, we can see the full picture, and sometimes it's like, what were you thinking, Peter, when you, like, you know what I mean? Like, what were you doing? But, like, they didn't know. They were just trying to keep up. So, um, when Jesus asked the question, like, who touched my clothes? And my, if I were there, I would like to think I'd be like, someone touched your clothes? Like, what? what happened? But, like, the disciples were like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, Like, let's just go. Like, all this commotion is happening. The whole crowd is there. Like, a whole bunch of things are going on. There's noise. Um, The crowd is pressing against Jesus. And the disciples are too distracted. They're too distracted to notice that a miracle is actually taking place in that moment. A miracle is taking place in that moment. They're too distracted to be interrupted. Right? And, like, being distracted is way different than being um, interrupted. Because to be interrupt- interrupted, you actually have to be focused on something. You have to be like on task, like doing something. And then when something interrupts you, like it's, it's for a purpose, right? But if you're distracted, you're just like, you're already not on task. You're doing something that um, isn't, uh, you're doing something like that doesn't really matter. Right, um, but the root of distraction is actually idolatry. It's putting things before Jesus. It's um, it's putting it's it's not putting him first in your life. It's not having him at the center of your life. Right. So I want to ask you tonight, like, what in your life is actually distracting you? What's taking you away from being focused on Jesus? What's taking you away from being able to be interrupted by the presence of Jesus? Or, like, that you're not even able to recognize the interruptions that God is trying to, like, place in front of you, right? And I believe that in this moment, like, the Holy Spirit is revealing that to you because it's different, like, for each of us. So it might be, like, social media. It's a big one. It might be the news. It might be worrying about the future, right? It might be Netflix, like, binge watching. It might be work. It might be, like, fear of what others may think of us, right? There's a whole bunch of things that it could be. But what is distracting you? Because interruptions are actually, they come in disguise as divine encounters for your life. Like an interruption may be the biggest door you ever walk through. And like you could just miss it. Like you could just miss that so so immensely. There's more power. There's more power that God wants to, there's more things that God wants to do in our lives. But we have to be focused and we have to notice the interruptions that he puts in our path. Amen? Um, and another thing I notice is uh, that like stands out to me is that there's like a huge emphasis on Jesus's clothes. Um, you would think, right? Like if someone like touched you, even if your foot—things you always stretching out. <laughs> if someone touches like your foot, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, that person just touched me." You know what I mean? But Jesus is like so specific. No, this person just like touched my clothes, right? So I, I. I've, Thought there was something there. And even um, the woman, when she's just, um, even before, when she's like planning it out, she's like, if I just touch his clothes, right, I might be healed. So there's two things that I noticed there. The first um, is that, um, sorry, so she touched Jesus' clothes. And as she touched his clothes, instead of making Jesus um, unclean, Jesus makes her pure, right? So nothing that we actually, like, bring to Jesus can have an effect and make him, like, uh, unclean. Like, it cancels out. There's no, there's no thing, there's no thing. There's nothing too big. There's no sin that's too big that Jesus can't, like, um, that Jesus can't purify within us. Right? We just have to come as we are. And God accepts us as we are. So if there's anything in your life that you think is too big, think again. There's no sickness in your life that's too big, right? There's no fear in your life that's too big. Um, There's no sin, right? So you can fill in the blank there. Like, what do you think in your life that's too big? Because it's not. So we have to correct those thoughts as they come. Like, and we have to be renewing our mind because Jesus just wants us to come as we are. And the enemy, many times, he just tries to, like, keep us away, right? He tries to block us from actually coming into the presence of Jesus. But Jesus is there with open arms, and he's ready to receive us, and he's ready to heal us. He's ready to restore us. And my second point tonight is, if you want to see God's power, make sure you're dressed for the occasion, Make sure you're dressed for the occasion. So God doesn't expect your perfection. Take that in. God doesn't expect your perfection. He doesn't, there's, there's only one perfect man that ever walked this earth, and his name is Jesus. And it's only ever going to be Jesus. So don't, you don't have to try to be perfect, right? But he just wants um, you, he, he expects you to be dressed, so what does that mean? The word says that we're actually dressed in the righteousness of God. So God's righteousness, it clothes us, right? When we were saved, God actually, we exchanged clothes with Jesus, right? So Jesus actually took our sin clothes and exchanged it with the righteousness. So he took, he took the judgment that we deserved. So we're not, we're not identified by our sin anymore because it's gone. It's, it's in the past. The old is gone, the new has come. So tonight, you're wearing new clothes. You may not feel like you're wearing new clothes, but you're wearing new clothes. And what was in the past doesn't make sense for you to do anymore. It doesn't make sense. You might fall in it sometimes, right? But you just have to get up and remind yourself, no, I'm actually not dirty anymore. I'm pure. I'm clean, Amen. right? The enemy will try to lie to you and say that you're not. But you have to remind him, no, I'm wearing my new clothes now, right? I'm wearing my new clothes. I'm wearing the clothes of Jesus. Nothing, um, the, the past doesn't um, define me anymore because Jesus, when I, when I stand in front of God himself, God is looking at Jesus through me, right? Jesus is the one that took our judgment already. So we just have to, we have to be sure that we're catching those thoughts as they come and that we're actually wearing the right clothes, Right? So my question for us tonight, since we're actually dressed in the clothes of Jesus and we're dressed in the righteousness, is when people come into contact with you, are they touching the overflow of Jesus in your life? Are they touching the overflow of Jesus in your life? Does the world notice your purity? When they look at you, do they see old clothes or new clothes? Right? when pe- when you interact with people do they leave better or worse right we have to be asking ourselves these questions because it's so so important some of us are dressed still in old clothing right and this is the time this is the time if you if you feel like tonight you're dressed in old clothing hey you got to just recognize it it's fine but you got to change let's let's get changed right because it's actually limiting the power of God in our lives. And how many of you want to like, want to see God's power working through you? So we have to catch what's actually limiting it and make a, uh, make a change. We have to dress for the occasion because the world needs examples of, holy, uh, of holiness and purity. Not just examples of holiness and purity, but radical examples of holiness and purity. Like, we see all the stuff that's going on in this world. We have to be different. We're called to be different. I don't want to say, because it's totally not true, that, like, we all struggle, okay? We all struggle with our stuff. Um, And I want to recognize tonight that if you feel like, like you feel weak, that's even better. If you feel weak, if you recognize that you feel weak, then that's better. Because God's strength will shine through you. Right? How, <laughs> I was thinking about this. I went, um, I, I went snowboarding when I was in high school. I started learning how to snowboard, and I think Jordan was there. Jordan and your brother. <laughs> we went snowboarding. And have anybody here like ever gone snowboarding, skiing, or whatever? Okay, so I'm like learning how to snowboard, right? And just try not to fall. Like for the love of God, like help me. And when you're learning how to do something like snowboarding, you just fall so much. Like, even to this day, right? Like, but at the beginning, like, you just have to get through to day three. And, like, after day three, you can decide, like, if you're going to continue or if you're going to quit. But (laughs) I remember that, like, I made it down the hill um, without falling once. And how many of you know that when you start to, like, feel good about yourself, (laughs) that's when you're going to fall, right? (laughs) Pride comes before the fall. And, like... (laughs) Have any of you ever seen ridiculousness? <laughs> like you know um what do they what do they call that fall that's like the the scorpion? <laughs> so like I get to the bottom of the hill and it's like where the chairlift already is and like just like the worst place ever to fall. <laughs> do you remember this or no? Okay, it's something that you only remember, right? So <laughs> Um, I get to the bottom, like, yes, didn't fall, boom, fell, like, caught an edge or something, fell, then I'm not kidding you, like, my, my heels touched my head, like, <laughs> it was so bad, right, but um, all that to say, that was a sidetrack, but all that to say, like, w- sometimes when you think you're all that, like, you're going to fall, right, like, it, it, when you start to get, like, too prideful about yourself and about your purity and about your walk, like, that, if you're pure, that's great, right? That should be. We should be, like, trying to be. But um, be careful not to get too, like, prideful about it. Um, because we have to live our lives in caution, right? So I just want to encourage you tonight, like, if you feel like you're dealing with sin and temptation, like, let's just do something about it. Right? Like, we have small groups. Like, Marcelo gave, like, testimonies, right? Woo, Marcelo. Um, he gave... <laughs> he gave like uh there's so many small groups happening we got to do life in community we got to like be accountable to one another like we just have to do something about it right like god accepts you as you are right bring everything to him your sin included just bring it to him and um he's going to help you walk through it and the holy spirit is actually going to help us walk through that but i want us just here to um finish up the last part of the story so if you keep reading about the woman, like, you'll find, like, she was healed, right? And restored <laughs> interruptions. <laughs> I'm going to use this moment <laughs> to take a drink of water <laughs> because I'm so thirsty. <laughs> okay, thank you. No, actually, thank you because I was, like, trying to think of when would be a good moment. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Mark chapter 5, let's, let's flip there again um chapter 5 verse 35 okay so the woman was healed and sent on her way wow you guys are good I didn't tell them my scriptures at all (laughs) okay so while Jesus was speaking some people came from the house of Jairus Jairus I don't know the synagogue leader your daughter is dead they said why bother the teacher anymore Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion. Another commotion, you guys, always commotion. When people, uh, with people crying and wailing loudly, he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, "Tell." I'm not even going to try to say that. (laughs) Okay, you guys can read it, though. Which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. This is amazing, amazing. So literally a dead girl right in front of these people's eyes was raised to life by the power of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit at work, right? So there are a couple of things that draw my attention when I look at, like, the rest of this story. And the first thing I asked myself was why was the party so exclusive? Why did only a few people get invited to actually be in the room where this miracle took place. So let's just review what happened, right? So the bad news broke that the girl had died. Then he, told, he tells the crowd, he tells everyone who's with him, uh, Jesus, don't be afraid, just believe. And then immediately after he says that, he says no one could follow him and come into the room, so he's talking to the crowd and the disciples, right, except for Peter, James, John, and the mom and the dad. Peter, James, John, mom, and dad. So the only, like, prerequisite, the only requirement that Jesus gave was don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. And I started asking myself, could it be possible that People didn't get invited to actually be a part of this moment because they were full of fear and unbelief. They were full of fear and unbelief. So my third point tonight is if you want to see God's power, make sure you are spirit-filled and not fear-filled. If you want to see God's power, make sure you are spirit-filled and not fear-filled. Because here's the thing, God's power, whether we like it or not, is always moving. Like, God is always moving, like in the unexpected, where we can see it, but it actually is up to us whether we are a part of it or not. Like, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to, like, force himself on us or, like, doesn't want to make us feel uncomfortable. Like, that's just not him, right? Right? So he's only going to actually use us and flow through us if we desire that and if we are full of his spirit and if we are not fear filled. So there's a difference between living by fear and living by the spirit. And the difference is that fear talks, right? Fear talks. It speaks in abs- absolutes and periods. So your daughter is dead, period, right? But faith Faith prophesies. Faith prophesies. It speaks to what should be dead and says it's sleeping. Right? So it actually adds like a dot, dot, dot at the end. Right? It's bringing life. It's speaking life. It's speaking faith. So fear talks and the spirit prophesies. And um, with the amount of people that were actually invited to come in the room, I found two things. They're... Probably is more. But I found two things that will actually help us believe instead of fearing. And the first thing is intimacy. Um, So Peter, James, and John were actually a part of, like, Jesus' inner circle. So um, they were, like, they were just with Jesus more, right? So they were the ones they got to, like, witness um, a lot more things than the other disciples, like the transfiguration and all of that. They, they got to see a lot of cool stuff. They got to hear Jesus talk more. Why is that? Do you think, I think Jesus would have accepted anyone who, like, wanted to be a part of the inner circle, right? But they just wanted to be around more. That's what I think. Like, they just, wherever Jesus was, like, they were just going, right? So they, that's why they were so uh, unafraid, because they were just with Jesus more, right? So if you don't want to experience fear, you just got to be with Jesus more. You just got to be with Jesus more. So are you getting enough of Jesus? Are you getting enough of Jesus? When he speaks to you, are you listening? Like, can you hear him? And I don't mean like an audible voice because really, like, I, I have hardly ever heard the, the audible voice of God. Like, he, that's just not how he speaks to me. Like, he speaks to me through, like, impressions. Like, I just, like, feel like he's, he might be doing this. And as, mo- as he spoke to me more... I begin to understand that it is him. You know what I mean? So you, but when God is speaking to you, like, are you listening? Are you a part of his inner circle? Like, do you want to be a part of his inner circle? And the second thing that will make you believe instead of fearing is desperation. Seth, do you think you could play the piano? Guys, give him a round of applause for, for Seth. <laughs> Woo! Just anything you want, bro. Anything. Um, the second thing. Yeah, the second thing is desperation um, that will make you believe instead of fearing. And I, I really think that was for the mom and the dad, right? Like, man, their daughter was dying, right? They had no other choice than to believe, right? Like, there are situations that we go through in our life where there's just, like, literally, we, we need a miracle. We don't want a miracle. We need one, like, desperately, Right? So if you're fearful tonight, if there's fear, like, creeping in your heart and you're just not able to believe, you know, that, that God is there and that um, he wants to move through you in power and, like, it's just hard, like, I just want to encourage you, be, choose intimacy, right? Be close to Jesus. Get to know him more. But if, like, you're in need of a miracle and Jesus is your only way out, this is good. <laughs> this is really good. Because you have to be desperate. You have to be desperate. So is Jesus your only option? Right? Have you become just so desperate for him? Are you desperate for freedom over sin? Do you need a miracle or do you just want one? Have you put a demand on Jesus? I love that the parents were, or the the dad was actually the one, you know, he asked Jesus for a miracle. He's like, please come to my house, right? Like, often we think that Jesus, you know, like, he just has to, has to show up. But, like, have you asked him, you know, have you asked him? Because he wants to do something in your life. He wants to use you with so much power. His power and, and having belief over fear, it actually gives, gives us access to see his power manifest in dead situations. In dead situations. So is there something in your life right now that's dead? we got to prophesy over it. We have to change our talk. We may be talking fear, but we have to start to prophesy. We have to start to prophesy. We have to start to look in the word and see what the word says about us, about our situations, right? We have to start speaking God's word instead of our own words and like putting a period at the end. You got to put that dot, dot, dot. How do you do that? You put a yet. Right? You put a yet. So I haven't gotten that job yet. I haven't gotten my PR yet, Hafa, Right? I don't have a relationship yet. My family isn't saved yet. I don't have a house yet. I'm not healed yet. I'm not financially stable yet. <laughs> yet all right let's stand up to our feet let's just close our eyes God is not done with you he's not done with you there's so much more that he wants to do in your life that he wants to do through you that he wants to do in you if you only knew what was to come There are gonna be hard seasons but there's gonna be glory seasons The best is yet to come in our lives. I believe that the Holy Spirit, he just wants to awaken us. He wants to use us more. He wants to empower us to live lives that are pure. To live lives that are holy. To speak life to a dead world. To speak life to dead situations. I just want to ask tonight... um, just if there's anyone here that actually doesn't know Jesus Jesus he just loves you so much God sent his one and only son named Jesus and he came for you he came so that you don't have to spend um, here on earth in, in hell literally and you don't have to spend eternity in hell he came so that you could be free you could be free from sin he wants to restore you not only physically but emotionally and I just want to give you an opportunity tonight if you don't know Jesus he knows you he knows you from the moment but even before you were born he knows you and I just want to give you an opportunity right now just to, to respond. If you want to make a choice to actually invite God to into your life. God, Jesus, he died for you. He died for you. He took the punishment that you deserved so that you wouldn't have to live apart from the Father forever. So tonight, if you want to make a decision to accept Jesus into your, into your heart, I just want you to raise your hand there's anyone in this room, I just don't want to leave here without asking that. Alright. Thank you, Jesus. I want us just to take a moment just to to press in and, and lean in on what the Holy Spirit wants to do here. I really believe that That tonight God is calling us to step out with more boldness. You may be thinking here, God, you know, I'm I'm full of fear. Like, man, it's hard for me. It's hard for for me to believe. But that's why the Holy Spirit is here. Because he's here to fill us to the overflowing. He's here so that we can be bold. So that we can step out. If you read a little bit more into, into Acts and you come to the fourth chapter, we read the first chapter at the beginning of this message, um, but you'll, you'll see in the book of Acts that, you know, the Holy Spirit, he came, he filled um, a bunch of people, and um, Peter and, and John were, were some of those, and they were the ones, right, that were, was with Jesus in this moment, Um and it's so crazy to see like the power of God working like after they're filled right through them so when they're filled like they go out into their city and they start like speaking literally in other languages like there's a crowd of so many people from other cultures and like they're they're speaking but the spirit is actually interpreting and like it's crazy but miracles are happening everybody's understanding the message that they're speaking we don't really know exactly what happened but then they start to go out, they start to preach the gospel, people are getting healed, people are getting saved, to the point where they actually get arrested. They get arrested, right? And then, um, I forgot who it was, but their, their question, and, and it says, by what power or in what name do you do this? And I think that's so powerful. In what, by what power or in what name do you do this? Guys, we have to be so full of the spirit that the world asks us this question. By what power and in what name do you do this? And that can only happen when we're just full of God. Right? It's it's nothing to do with us. We We don't have to feel any pressure, but we just have to be obedient and like let God interrupt us. Make sure that we're dressed and make sure that we're full of his spirit. So right now, we're just going to worship a little bit more. And I just want to ask, I, I want us to ask the Holy Spirit just to come in whatever way he wants to. And just fill us, with his presence. fill us with his presence. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone. So feel free to reach out by following or DMing us on Instagram by following at Viva Young Adults. And don't forget to like, to rate, and to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone that you know might be blessed by today's message. God bless you.